Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, the real estate podcast that I, Stan McCune, realtor here in Greenville, South Carolina, do. It's all about real estate here in the upstate of South Carolina. And we have an exciting show for you guys today where we're going to be talking about the history of mortgage rates, what that means for you now, how that impacts uh, what you can do here in the upstate of South Carolina, and also just how it will potentially impact the market now and years from now. Uh, but before we get into that real quick, just a little bit of housekeeping. If you like the show, if you love the show, please go ahead and rate, review, subscribe, download, anything like that. That helps to improve our algorithm with Apple, with these other uh, podcast platforms like Audio Boom, uh, Spotify, etc. that we're on. And uh, as well, just a reminder that my contact information is in the show notes. If you need to reach me for any reason, you can text me, you can call me, you can email me. All that is in the show notes, and I'd be more than happy to help you or someone that you know with any of your real estate needs. I serve as a buyer's agent, listing agent. I help investors. I help normal first-time home buyers, and everything in between. So let me know. I'm here to help. All right. Mortgage rates. Mortgage rates have been something that we have been just perplexed by this year. We have never seen, and by we, I mean pretty much everyone, including bankers, realtors, appraisers. Everyone is perplexed by the mortgage rates this year because they have been unbelievably low. And this is worth, we, we've talked about this here and there in this show, but this is worth taking just a special episode to talk about. Uh, because I mentioned this on my Facebook page uh, earlier this week, just how people's, uh, the light bulb is going off in people's minds that is like, wait a minute, rates are so low right now. If I were to buy a house now, I could buy much more house than I have currently and still be paying the same thing. Yes, that's true. And that's something that we'll be uh, getting back to here in a few minutes. Uh, towards the end of the episode, I'm going to break down what that actually means for you practically. But before we get into that, I want to discuss kind of how we got here and, and kind of the history of mortgage rates to put all of this in historical perspective, because that's important for us to consider what this means and what it will mean going forward. And when you look at the history of mortgage rates, it really is uh, fascinating. It's gone all over the place. And it, even just when I graduated college, this is in 2008, mortgage rates around that time, and, and I'm getting all of my data from uh, Freddie Mac, just FYI. Um, when you go back to uh, when I was in, uh, or when I was just graduating college, mortgage rates were in the 6% range, which sounds, right now at this moment, just sounds absolutely crazy. But at that time, 6% uh, was what the average was. And if you got below 7%, that meant you had a pretty good credit score. I, I remember this. I remember looking at houses a little bit here and there and factoring in, okay, if my, if my mortgage uh, APR is 6.5%, um, then here's what that would mean in terms of my payment, et cetera, et cetera. That was just the way it was. And historically, that rate was quite good. Um, you think, oh man, 6%, everyone must have thought that that was super high. No, actually, people looking back and looking back at what mortgage interest rates had been in the past, they were pretty happy with 6, 6.5%. Because between 1970 and 2001, 
mortgage rates pretty much never dip below 7.5%. I think that they dip below like one very brief time, but they pretty much that entire time were above 7.5%. I think the average is well above 10%. It even peaked in 1981 at 18.5%. I can't imagine being a realtor back in uh, in the early 1980s and having to deal with that. Um, you know, people paying interest that's basically a, a fifth of, of uh, their home value to a certain extent, depending on their on their down payment. And that uh, that would be a crazy time to try to buy and sell real estate. I'm glad that rates are low right now. Um, that that makes one thing that makes one part of the process a little bit easier and a little bit simpler. But 18.5% in 1981. Well, it, it came down from then. Um, it's, it's never gone back up to that point. Um, but like I said, prior to 2001, it kind of hovered at least above 7.5%. And then if you'll remember in the early 2000s, we have what we call uh, the dot-com uh, bubble that burst uh, when all these internet companies came into the market all at the same time. And we found out that the market couldn't really handle all of that. I was in high school, so I, I'm not super knowledgeable about what all went down at that time uh, since I was in high school. But when the dot-com bubble burst, then rates started going down a bit. Um, and all the, if you fast forward, so you remember I said that when I graduated college in 2008, they had gotten down to 6%. Well, you fast forward just five years later. So now we're at the very tail end of the Great Recession, okay? It seems like these major economic events have an impact on mortgage rates. In fact, they do, uh, because what happens is the Federal Reserve starts to get involved, and uh, what they do directly impacts mortgage rates. So in 2013, we're here at the end of what we now call the Great Recession, and the Fed has been tinkering with a lot of different things with uh, with rates and whatnot. And in 2013, they went down to below 3.5% for the first time, at least since this has been charted. The average mortgage rates went down below 3.5% in 2013, which, you think about this, that's over a 50% reduction from what it was prior to the dot-com bubble burst when it was over 7%. So it's now below 3.5%. That is over a 50% reduction in, you know, basically 12 years. I mean, that's a, a that in itself is historically mind-blowing. And then, you know, if you go back to 1981 when it was 18.5%, um, and you look at some of the other dates in that time period where rates were so high, it, it came down a tremendous amount and really a relatively short amount of time. And around this time, um, I actually uh, refinanced my house. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I am all set for the next 30 years. These rates are never going to go uh, back down to this level. I mean, this is going to be the greatest interest rate that I will ever see. Surely they're going to creep back up to what they've historically always been, but here I am. I'm going to be sitting on this 30-year mortgage uh, for as long, at least, as I keep that house. And I still have that house. Now it's a rental property for me. Um, but that was what I thought at the time. 
And for a time, I was correct. Um, rates did start to creep back up, and and that's what it should. That's what should happen. Rates should creep back up. I'm not going to get into all the the macroeconomics. Maybe at some point I can have an economics person on here, and we can uh, discuss more broadly what is happening when the when the Federal Reserve tinkers and and causes rates to go up or rates to go down. But rates started to go up, not too quickly. Um, I remember reading uh, a lot of articles about how the the Federal Reserve was saying they didn't want to shock the markets by increasing rates too quickly, but they did want to increase rates in order to benefit the economy. And so that's what they did to the point that two years ago, all right, November, I'm recording this in November of 2020, two years ago in November of 2018, rates had crept their way, the average mortgage interest rate had crept its way up to 4.94%, the highest it had been uh, in quite some time, quite some time. And it seemed like it was only a matter of time. Okay, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go over 5%. It's probably going to be 5.5% soon, and, and maybe it'll reach kind of back to that 6% point that was kind of like the ceiling just a few years ago. Well, that's what, again... Two years ago, what we thought, but actually rates kind of flatlined. They came down a little bit off that 4.94% peak. They kind of flatlined a little bit. And then, guess what happened? Well, you know what happened. In 2020, COVID hit. And guess what happened when COVID hit? The Fed said, wait a minute, we have to make sure that we ensure... Uh, that there isn't a bigger recession than what's happening already. And so the Fed starts getting involved and starts causing rates to go back down again, and mortgage interest rates start to plummet. They start to go to levels even below what they were in 2013, start going into the low threes, rates that we've never seen before. But you may remember, if you were if you were following this, that something... Also, that we had never seen before happen at the same time. And that's that we ran into supply and demand issues in the banking world. Banks became overwhelmed. They couldn't handle the number of people that flooded the market to refinance because you had uh, a variety of things at play. You had people realizing that they could refinance. You know, maybe they had, had bought back in November of 2018 or around that time and they had that much higher interest rate. And now they're like, well, my gosh, I can just refinance down to 3%. Why wouldn't I do that? And then you have the people that perhaps were right on the cusp of moving, uh, but COVID hit, and they're like, I don't think we're going to move now. We're, we're going to hang tight for a little bit, but let's save a little bit of money while we're at it. And so they go ahead and and move forward with refinancing rather than uh, rather than moving. And so a, a lot of different things happened, and, and the market got flooded with demand for uh, refinances and new loans. And it got crazy there for a while. I mean, it, we were having situations where new loans, uh, or, or I should say really more refinances, uh, were taking up to two and a half to three months because the banks were just trying to get caught up. Um, and eventually they did. They, I don't know, you know, how much of it is because demand flatlined. It, it didn't, my understanding is that demand did not flatline until just recently. So I think that most of the banks had to hire their way out of, of this issue. Um, they had to find 
ways to meet the demand with their own supply. And I'm sure there's a lot more to it than just that. Uh, again, I'm not a banker. Um, but at the end of the day, eventually, they were able to meet the demand to some extent. Again, there were, there were a lot of delays that we dealt with this year. But they were able to meet the demand. And when that happened, we started to see rates go down to even more historic levels. So since that has happened, now we're seeing commonly, this is now commonplace that we see 30-year loans at or below 3%. 30-year mortgages at or below 3% interest. I'm seeing some pre-approvals right now for some of my clients in the uh, nearly 2.5% for a 30-year loan. Again, the, the previous lowest that we had ever had was around 3.5% back in 2013. Now we're close to 2.5%. It's basically, uh, we, we joke about you know free money. Um, it's basically free money. That's the closest thing in life that you come to free money is when someone, is when a bank is willing to lend you, you know, $300,000 at, at an interest rate of 2.5%. And it, it's it's just a uh, an unprecedented. We talk about this a lot. You hear this all the time. We're in unprecedented times, um, and yes, we are in multiple ways. Well, in the world of buying and selling houses, these times are unprecedented because money is cheap, and you can buy a house without having to pay nearly as much interest as you would have had to just a few years ago. This is squarely a third of what you would have paid in interest on a 30-year loan versus 20 years ago. One, one third, 33. Imagine going into a store and you see everything is 67% off. Well, guess what? Mortgage interest rates are 67% off what they were in the year 2000. That is absolutely wild, absolutely insane. And people are now in a position like they have never been before. To upgrade their home without having to increase their mortgage payment. And this is what I was saying before where the light bulb is coming on with some of my clients as they're getting pre-approved and they're seeing these numbers. They don't even realize that their mind is blown. They're shocked that this is even possible. But trust me, it is possible. In fact, I ran some numbers just out of curiosity. I ran numbers right around our uh, upstate of South Carolina median where we have our, our median home sale is around 230, 240. So I, I, I was tinkering with some numbers uh, in the 200,000s to kind of see what it would be, uh, what someone that bought a home, for instance, two years ago could afford now for the same mortgage payment. Now, I, I did one thing uh, that you need to know, just in full disclosure, I did not include any taxes or insurance in these numbers. Because taxes and insurance can vary. You can have uh, PMI, you can have homeowner's insurance that might be higher or lower depending on your history as a homeowner. You might have flood insurance. I'm not factoring in any of that. Every house is a little bit different. Same thing for insurance. Just because you get a bigger house doesn't mean that your insurance, uh, your property, sorry, your uh, property taxes, that's what I meant to say. Um, I did the same thing for your property taxes. That uh, just because you buy a bigger house doesn't mean that your property taxes are going to go up. It depends on your county. It depends on your city. Uh, where I am in Greer, my property taxes are 
uh, extremely high. And that has more to do with just some of, of the things that the city of Greer is doing. For instance, they take care of, uh, of our trash and, uh, and some other things. I'm able to put my leaves, leaves out to the curb and they'll haul those away from me. So uh, taxes are a little bit more expensive where I am than where uh, I used to live. And that has nothing to do with the home value directly. With the same home value, my other house would have been cheaper. So uh, so I, I left all of that out. I'm just comparing apples to apples in terms of, of the actual amount owed on the house, assuming a 5% down payment, all right? So you do have to put a little bit more down when it's a, when it's a higher-priced home. But let's just say, with all of that factored in, let's just say that you bought a home for 200000 down, put down 5% as your down payment, uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. You bought a home for 200000 and you put 5% down. All right, there we go. Um, and you did that in November of 2018. Now, if you'll remember, I said in November of 2018, the average rates were 4.92% for a mortgage, your average mortgage interest rate. This time around, you were able to get pre-approved to buy a house for 2.625%. That is a real rate that I saw on a uh, on an application recently, two point six two five percent. So over uh, basically two point three percent lower than what your interest rate was exactly two years ago. How much do you think that impacts your monthly payment? How much more house can you buy now? than you could back in November of 2018 with the with the difference between those two rates. Are you ready for this? In 2018, you bought a $200,000 home. In 2020, you can buy a $265,000 home and still pay the exact same amount per month. Actually, it might be a tad lower just depending on how you calculate some things. You would get the same home. So the same uh, monthly payment for a home that is $65,000 more. And if you're dealing with the worlds of, of percent, uh, it's it's a huge percent increase from 200000 to 265000 And if you look at houses at all, you know that the difference between a $200,000 house and a $265,000 thousand dollar house is a tremendous difference that is a huge difference because because a again i said earlier the median price point in greenville is is around 240 this is uh for the entire area this isn't just specifically greenville city the entire uh area of the upstate the median price point for a new home that or or for any home purchase is 240,000 give or take so a $200,000 home, uh, by Greenville standards, is a starter home. Whereas a $265,000 home, by Greenville standards, is an above average. That is a uh, that is something uh, you've now gone beyond what, what the average household in the area has. So you've been able to go from a starter home, basically, to that next home up. You know, the one of the things of the American dream is that you you buy a home and then you're able to to keep upgrading 
over the years? Well, the reason why that works and, and why people talk about that as the American dream is because they're assuming that their income is increasing so that they can afford more house. But right now, we're in a situation where even if your income has not increased the past two years, you can afford a house that is $65,000 more than what uh, your house was worth that you purchased two years ago. And that is crazy. Now, you do have to put, this is assuming 5% down payment. So you would have to put a little bit more down with the $265,000 home than you did back in 2018. But again, it's it's absolutely insane what you can do right now. People are in a situation where they can keep their mortgage payment the same and have a much nicer house than what they currently live in. Um, and I should mention, um, this is going to have major ramifications for upcoming years. And, and I'd be remiss if I just kind of uh, didn't at least mention this in passing, um, but a lot of people have refinanced this year. And I I mean, that's obvious. I've refinanced multiple times uh, between several of my different properties that I have. And what does that mean, Uh, particularly if rates do start to creep back up and perhaps maybe they get back up over that 4.5% range? Maybe they even go back over 5% again. What does that mean? Well, imagine that you're someone that that buys a home this year with a mortgage interest rate of, you know, in the twos for a 30-year mortgage. And a few years from now, the you're in that position where you might be buying a new home, right? Where you would normally be in position to buy a new home. And now the mortgage rates have gone up and now they're double what your current mortgage interest rate is. Your APR would be squarely double. I'm just saying hypothetically. What do you think you would do in that situation? Not only do you have to pay more for the bigger house, but you also have to pay more for the financing. What I think we're going to find is there's going to be a ripple effect here in the market a few years from now. Probably, it might not be for three, four, maybe five years, but people are going to stay in their homes longer because they're going to to discover, hey, uh, we don't want to give up this mortgage rate. And it's also possible that people will decide to just hang on to that home that they have such a, a cheap mortgage on rather than selling it, which all of these things are are ultimately not good for the market in a lot of ways because we're in a situation where we have more demand for houses than we have supply. So we need people to be selling their homes. But I, I'm afraid in a few years from now that we're going to run into a situation where there's going to be a, a real slowdown in the real estate market because we're going to see people that normally would be moving deciding not to move. We're going to be seeing people that are moving but normally would be selling their homes decide to not sell their home to keep that home as a rental property or or whatever the case may be. And we're going to have a situation that, again, is unprecedented where people are scared to buy because they're like, we don't want to pay that much more uh, to the bank versus what we're paying right now. In addition to having to pay so much more principal because we have 
you know, potentially a, a much more expensive house that we're looking at. People are going to be scared to do that. And so uh, this is something that we'll have to watch for the next few years because I do believe it will have an impact. I do believe that uh, people are going to change their home buying and selling habits in the upcoming years because of 2020. 2020, um, it it hasn't been as bad economically as perhaps um, some have made it out to be. It's it's definitely hurt brick-and-mortar establishments, but... Real estate, for the most part, has still been trucking along pretty strongly. But is it possible that it will have a negative impact on real estate down the road? I I think that is very possible. And like I said, that is something we'll have to continue to track and see. Well, that is all for this week's episode. If you have any questions or thoughts about any of this, again, my contact information is in the show notes. We have some flooding coming into the upstate, so be careful on the roads, stay safe, and until next time, let's buy and sell some houses.